Welcome back to Jake's World, episode 37 of Jake's World. I'm your host, Jake Sawinski, and today is Tuesday, October 6th, 2020. Jake's World is presented by The Nuance Magazine. Like I've said over and over and over again, um, The Nuance Magazine is a culture and music themed magazine subscription that uh the guys that i know who are working on this project are super into it they're very talented very excited about the opportunity they the opportunity that they have in order to try to grow this brand and put out content of this sort so check them out nuance magazine that's the nuance magazine um did mention last week that uh, I was going to do a debate-themed show and talk about some other things. Well, uh, I lied. I didn't really feel like talking about it after the fact. Um, when I said I was going to do that show, I didn't realize, um, well, how concerning it would actually be. So um, I'll talk about it a little bit at the end of the show and then... Um, do a lot more, you know, like a normal show, do a little more of the sports and things like that, and uh, just talk about it at the end, I mean, I'm not going to get too in-depth, I'm not going to go like, you know, through every topic and, you know, discuss every little thing that happened, but I mean, there's definitely some takeaways that I had and that many other people had, I'm sure, so I will get into that as well. Um, As we speak or as I speak and you listen, I'm playing golf right now, I just hit a huge flop shot out of the bunker, I'm so fucking sick, anyways, um, game four of the NBA Finals are going on right now, Los Angeles Lakers came out to a quick 2-0 lead, I did watch a little bit of game one and two, typically I'm not a huge basketball guy, I'm on the record saying that, I think it's, uh, more of, um, it's like the Jersey Shore of professional sports, if you will. But um, I've been paying attention to it a little bit more just because it's like, um, you know, as unprecedented as a time as this is for sports, you know, with everything being canceled or delayed or moved around or whatever, um, it's really nice because you have all of this stuff at once. And um, I'm pretty sad without my hockey. Like I said, Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup last week. And paying attention to it a little bit more this time around. So Lakers busted out to a quick, quick two-game lead over the Miami Heat. Um, Bam Adebayo, Adebayo, however you say that guy's name, let's just call him Bam. And Skoran Goran Dragic are out for the foreseeable future. And that's two key parts to the Miami Heat success and they I don't even think Dragic played maybe Dragic excuse me played in game one I don't even remember off the top of my head I know Bam actually you know I don't even know if either of those guys played at all this series but they were huge in the Eastern Conference final series against the Celtics and I mean you losing two key pieces like that especially against a very you know, talent, well, I wouldn't even say very, very talented, let's say very talented 
starting five for the Los Angeles Lakers, you're not giving yourself much of a chance there. And um, I thought I kind of wrote the heat off. I didn't really think they'd have much of a chance. I thought they'd have to win games one or two. I mean, this is a little different of the Lakers pattern, you know, losing game one and then winning out. So that's a bit of a change of pace. But, I mean, huge game out of Jimmy Butler. Game three, 40-point triple-double. Um, you know, Tyler Hero's going off. Duncan Robinson's playing well for the most part. I mean, it's just like that Heat roster, it's like it's not comparable to the Lakers. I mean, LeBron James and Anthony Davis are just too much, right? And... <sighs> They won game three Sunday night. I really don't see them having much of a chance either. It's like, I mean, you got one. I think tonight you have to win. You can't go down three games to one. I mean, it'd be kind of funny if the Lakers did end up losing just because of, you know, the whole, um, you know, Warriors blowing a 3-1 lead to LeBron. That'd be kind of funny. I mean, I would like to see it. I am on the record for saying I'm not a LeBron guy. But um, I do want to tra- pivot from this, you know, just it's hard to give a detailed breakdown of games I really didn't watch all that much of. I mean, I watched, like, probably half of it. But I want to talk about um, what this means for um, LeBron's legacy to me, right? Because, I mean... Sports journalists are very blatantly ridiculous, of course, right? And sometimes the fans of the opposite stance of the journalist's take is sometimes just as egregious as, you know, the person saying it. Like, most of your big uh, ESPN or Fox Sports guys are very much going against the grain against the LeBron narrative, right? And I, when I say the big guys, I mean Stephen A. Smith, Max Kellerman, Skip Bayless. Those three are probably the biggest Jordan voices that are still on the radio, aside from, like, you know, the old players, right? Like Shaq and Charles Barkley, you kind of have to take with a grain of salt because, I mean, Shaq's a super competitive guy, and probably the most dominant player at his position ever. I mean, you could argue Wilt Chamberlain and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but there's really nobody else you can even argue along those lines, right? Um, he thinks he's the best of all time, but that's just kind of his nature, right? I mean, those older guys are always a little more favored toward Jordan. And like, then there's like Paul Pierce too, who's, like, really embracing that role of a huge hot take guy, or not even a hot take guy, like a dumb take guy, right? Like, you know, he's always bad-mouthing LeBron, and, oh, he couldn't even beat us, uh, you know, in the whatever it was, 2007, 2008, or no, when did the Lakers, or the Celtics win the finals? 2009 with the big three? Um... Yeah, he, he just says all that kind of nonsense, like, oh, you know, Bron couldn't even beat me, I don't I mean, like, he, he's just stupid, right? He's just kind of, you know, 
air floating in the eons, I guess. But um, I kind of got a little bit derailed there. But what I'm saying is there's a huge thing with like LeBron winning this finals with the Lakers because it's not significant as it's the fourth ring he'll have. It'll be his fourth ring with his third different team. And I don't think any NBA star has ever done that. I mean, Kawhi Leonard, I believe, is the second player, aside from LeBron James, to win a finals MVP with one te- with two teams. That might not even be true. I don't remember off the top of my head who ended up winning the, M- the finals MVP against well, when he was with the Heat. I think LeBron did win one of those, so I think it's like him and LeBron. And there might be a hand, like, you know, a few other players here and there, but I don't think anybody else has won multiple finals with more than two teams, right? Plenty of guys have done it with two. But, I mean, high-caliber guys? I wouldn't say so. I mean, like, this is a good example. Um, Deion Waiters would get an NBA Finals ring no matter who wins because he was a member of both rosters at some point during the season the same thing was true when um I think it was the 15 6 no 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 I'm sorry the 14 15 season when the Warriors won for the first time and Anderson Varejao was on both teams and he kind of had the same situation like if no matter who won he would get a ring he started with the Cavs who was traded to the Warriors and they ended up playing you know, each other in the finals. I still don't think it tarnishes. I still don't think it's enough for, to me, Michael Jordan's the greatest player of all time. And I'm sure I'm not, I'm trying not to get sucked into this too much because that's like the most popular basketball debate and LeBron gets so much airtime and I don't really like LeBron all that much. You know, his on-the-court antics annoy me a lot, and, you know, his mouth annoys me a lot. I mean, sometimes he says good things, but sometimes he's a jackass, and I don't like giving him more airtime than he really needs. But um, to me, Jordan's the greatest of all time, and I equate it pretty simply, right? You look at any sport, it's like winning is the ultimate prize, right? It doesn't matter. Look at Russell Westbrook. You can average a triple-double every game. Look at James Harden. You can average almost 40 for a season. You can do all kinds of things numbers-wise, right? But at the end of the day, it's all about winning, right? I mean, you can equate that to any sport you want to talk about. Look at golf. I mean, you can have guys making all kinds of shots, right? I mean... If you birdie every, sh- <laughs> yeah, that's I'm. It's kind of a bad example, but what I'm trying to say is like it doesn't matter. The result is what matters the most, right? You can do all kinds of great things in between the lines, right? You know, you can fill up the stat sheet. You can make your teammates better. You can score at will. You can make the hard pass. You can do all kinds of things like that. But what matters the most is what the result is, right? You can do all of those things that's good you should but if you don't win I mean it's not 
what good does it do? I mean, you're a fantastic basketball player. Nobody's knocking him for that. But you didn't win. And a competitor realizes that, right? The thing that really irks me about LeBron, though, is he doesn't leave it at that. Because I think that's pretty much common sense, right? It's like Scottie Pippen summed it up great with that quote from the, you know, that 72-10 and 10 season they had. It don't mean a thing without that ring, which is very true. I mean, the the whole thing with that season, was, or the season before, you know, the last dance season, that was, you know, probably one of the better documentaries I've ever seen, sports-wise. I mean, we can have all this hype going into the season, but, like, if we don't win, does it really matter? And I really wish all these LeBron stands would think like that because it doesn't matter if Jordan played plumbers <laughs> or, you know, LeBron had to hop around from team to team. It doesn't matter if you don't win. And he's proven time and time again that and not always his fault either. I mean, I would say to the two Cavs teams he was on at the at the end of his tenure in Cleveland, they weren't very good, especially the one without Kyrie Irving. But, I mean, to say they were complete bums is unfair. I mean, Kevin Love is not a bum. I, you can't convince me otherwise. He's just not. Um, They had a solid supporting cast. I mean, LeBron builds the team. He has all the guys he wants there. So it's like then he you know, set, tries to spin this narrative where, or his f- supporters do anyways. Oh, I mean, he played on garbage teams. Like, he was on a garbage team once, really, in 2007, his first NBA Finals. And that really wasn't his doing. The other ones were, the after the Heat days, those were the rosters he really wanted to assemble. So, I, I just don't think it's... I don't know. It's I'm so weird on it because it's like I respect his game. And for me, he's certainly the second best player who's ever played basketball. I mean, he's the most capable, well-rounded basketball player ever. Like Jordan can't even do that. LeBron's not the best at everything, but he's like top five at everything. Aside from really rebounding and playing defense all the time. But... I think you get my point, right? It's like, it's all about winning. And when you're three and six in the most, <clears throat> the most coveted aspect of your sport, the NBA Finals, it's like, how can you be considered the greatest? Take that to another sport. And I know I've made this analogy on here as well. It's like, look at Aaron Rodgers. Most people have been saying, or most, you know, avid football fans have been saying for the better part of 10, 12 years that Aaron Rodgers is the best talent the NFL has ever seen at the quarterback position. That's a little different now with Patrick Mahomes. Only Patrick Mahomes, no one else. But Brady's considered the greatest of all time, and that's about winning. And, I mean, you could even, and there's the thing with Brady losing three Super Bowls. Football's different because you can only control half of the game if you're on offense. So, I mean, like I said, I just don't like seeing that narrative being spun all the time. 
I'm not into it. It's like LeBron's really good, but I I don't I think he could rip off five more, and I still he still well I wouldn't say five more, but he could win two more. He could fall short one. I still don't think he'd be the greatest of all time, and I mean. Anthony Davis said, oh, I'd like to have win, go to 10 finals with LeBron. Well, that's a pipe dream because I don't think his priority is going to be playing basketball for, you know, 10 more years. I think he's probably got six, seven more years. And it's not due to talent. I just think his interests are elsewhere. I mean, he's proven that he wants to be a social, you know, social justice advocate. He's... You know, an up-and-coming business person he does things like that. I think his interests are going to take him elsewhere, much like Kobe did, too. Once he walked away, that was it. So, I mean, that's all I want to talk about the NBA. I, I talked a little bit longer than I wanted to about that, but it's what it is, right? So, to the gridiron we go. Now, there is going to be a new favorite F word that I have thanks to you know, the best sports podcast in the world, part of my take. No, it's not fuck, it's frauds. Week four, we found out what teams were fraudulent and what teams were not fraudulent. The Packers are very, very good. Aaron Rodgers is playing at levels that I've never even seen him play at, and I've been watching him for his entire career. I've watched Brett Favre. I was a Brett Favre stand when he, you know, when Favre left. I was like, what the fuck? I don't want Rodgers. And then it's like, oh, classic Packers fans don't understand how blessed you are because I haven't seen a bad quarterback play under center more than um, partial season ever. I mean, Brett Hundley, when he was injured, saw Matt Flynn once or twice. Otherwise, it's been Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Um, they're really fucking good. I thought the Cowboys could get things figured out if they knew could figure out how to play defense. I don't think they're going to figure out how to play defense. That's a dumpster fire. They're frauds. They were frauds before, though. Um, I, but, I mean, aside from, you know, the Bears being absolute frauds I mean, three and one like the luckiest run I've ever seen I mean there's three and oh but that was a pretty bad loss they had and got a couple of friends that are Bears fans they're like big dick Nick more like shrimp dick Nick he looked fucking terrible the Bears look terrible but um I mean it's really like the parody in the NFL this year is really really different because a lot of the teams that are typically you know at the top of the you know, their respective divisions have noticeable flaws, right? I mean, I won't count out the Patriots just because they're so well coached and they kind of had a unique situation with Cam being out, and that offense looked totally different uh, last night if you watch the game as compared to, um, you know, weeks one through three. The Saints have problems on the offensive side of the ball. But their defense had, I mean, it looked much better, you know, in the years coming up to this, this season. I mean, they allowed 29 points, I think it was, to the Lions. 
I mean, they were down two touchdowns at one point. They don't look very good. Um, the Ravens have some big flaws. If they don't, if they can't score the ball, I mean, <clears throat> score the ball. If they can't score points, I mean, they might have some issues too. They played well against the against Washington. They barely covered the spread, 14. But I mean, Washington's got a pretty good defense, but. That's one of the more explosive offensive in, offenses in the league, right? I, I wouldn't worry about them so much, but uh, it's just weird to see, like, even the Chiefs. Like, Bill Belichick always game plans against them pretty well, but they struggled against the Chargers team, too, that, you know, they were pretty beat up. Um, totally different offense going into this year as they've had with years past. I mean, you lose Melvin Gordon, one of the best uh I would say, like, two-way running backs. I mean, that's probably not the right term, but, like, he is multifaceted, right? He'll catch passes. He'll run the ball. Um, he blocks well. All kinds of, like, it's just a totally different look from the um, Los Angeles Chargers, and the Chiefs struggled with them. Um, they didn't look great until the fourth quarter against the Patriots last night. It's just weird to see, like, you know, the heavy hitters in the NFL have glaring weaknesses. It's kind of unique to see. We haven't seen that in a long time. It seems like every year there's, you know, two or three locks. And I'm not saying they're not locks because they'll end up figuring it out down the run. But even early on, it's just weird to see that there's a lot of parity. There's a lot of up and downs. Um, Carson Wentz, um, he balled out. In the second half of the Sunday night game, I would say. Maybe not even balled out. But uh, beat the 49ers. They're struggling. I think they have a lot of weaknesses. They're really beat up. And uh, that offense needs to figure it out. George Kittle's really fucking good, too. 15 catches, 150 yards. He had 15 targets. He didn't drop a pass. He's absurd. But um, another good week of football, right? I mean... Bad beats for me. Boys and I are on a tough little spell when it comes to picking our weekly parlay, but hopefully we'll hit another two or three before the season ends. But that's a football talk, too. And uh, baseball, all of our, <laughs> we have a big group chat. It's all the guys we went to college with. All of our teams lost in the wild card round. A couple of us are Cubs fans, a couple of us are Brewer fans, unfortunately, a couple of us are White Sox fans, there's one Tigers fan in there too, so I mean, he didn't have much skin in the game, but all three of our teams lost before the weekend, so that was kind of sad, and <laughs> once your team's out of the game in baseball, I still try to watch as much playoff baseball as I can, but um, whatever, it's it's disappointing. I mean, as a Cubs fan, it's like your best hitters hitting like 220. I know it's so different with the, you know, the shortened season and, you know, all the no fans and things like that. But it's like, ah, come on, you were paying so many guys to hit the ball and they just didn't show up. And I did not like the Marlins at Wrigley Field vibe because I remember exactly where I was 
in Game 6 of the 2003 National League Championship Series against the Florida Marlins. I was at a parent-teacher conferences, and my mom was doing a conference, and she was gossiping with one of the teachers while I was watching the Cubs game, and I watched Moises Alou go up for a foul ball, and I watched that stupid motherfucker Steve Bartman get his dumb, stupid face in the way of Moises Alou making that catch and securing a World Series berth for the Chicago Cubs. And I've watched that stupid fucker and his stupid glasses and his stupid fucking Walkman get in the way. And God damn it, I fucking hate that guy. If I ever see Steve Bartman, I don't care if we won World Series in 2016. I will never forget that stupid fucker's face. And if I ever see Steve Bartman... You're going to get a good old fucking Sawatsky knuckle sandwich, you dumb prick. I hate you, and I hope you never, you better hope you never see me, because I hate you. Yeah, I'm still bitter about it, but uh, yeah, no skin in the game for baseball. It was a tough weekend. I don't like those vibes, so there's always next year, and uh, I do not like the wild card format either. I'm not a fan of that, because you see all these teams, I mean, with, I don't know if MLB plans on keeping it. I think it's on the table. We'll see what the how the league reacts to it, I guess. But I'm not a fan of the new format because you're seeing teams that like have no business even being there in a regular format. Like the Houston Astros weren't even 500, and then they end up winning their fucking wild card series. Like, come on, are you? And they beat, they swept the Twins. Like, are you kidding me? Like add insult to injury much like the worst cheating scandal in all of sports in the last hundred years then they play like shit they're getting roasted left and right nobody likes them minus you know they're deplorable Astros fans and then they make the fucking playoffs and to make matters worse they win their wild guys like fuck I hate the Astros everyone hates the Astros that sucks that they've managed to can squeak their way in. They had no business doing so. It's bullshit. I hate it. Whoever, I think the A's are the the A's got fucking smoked last night too. They gave up like ten runs. And like, look out! The Astros might be back in the World Series, and they're gonna shut everyone's mouth about. Oh yeah, we're cheaters. We can't play without cheating. It's like yeah, you should have been punished, but it's just annoying. But that's enough of me ranting about sports for one day. Let's transition into the debate. I mean, if you don't want to talk, if you don't want to hear me talk about it, by all means, just turn it off. I don't blame you one bit, honestly. I wouldn't want to listen to anyone else talk about it either. But um, I'm going to talk about it nevertheless. Not too long. I'm, I don't want to rant and rave because it really does no good and... I'm sure everyone's sick of talking about it anyways. But, anywho, if you did watch the debate, I'm not sure how you couldn't have. I mean, 2020's definitely been the worst year of human existence thus far. If not, it's certainly up there. Um, It was disgusting for me. (laughs) Like, deplorable, like, disgusting. Right, it was it's a shit show. Right? You have two grown men on the stage blatantly 
going through the least presidential behavior that you could ever ask for, right? It's like you are entrusting these two men with the most important job in the entire world. Like, it, that's not, you know, American exceptionalism or, you know, American arrogance or whatever, however you want to say it. Being the United States president of the United States is the most important job in the world, is the hardest job in the world, and it's something that should not be taken lightly. And you have two grown men acting like schoolyard children on a debate stage, insulting each other, interrupting each other, and lying to the people listening to it watching it it's a shame it's a damn shame like not i'm not even gonna get into the issues yet it's just the whole etiquette of it like it doesn't matter what side you're on who you think's right or wrong how you align yourself politically it's just it was disappointing to see two grown men one in the public eye for his entire life for the most part and then a senior, long-tenured, 50 years in public service senator call the other guy a clown? I mean, I'm not saying he's not wrong, because Donald Trump is a clown. He's the orange man, orange man bad. He's a clown. But you don't need to stoop to that level, right? Like, it's, it's, it was just, nah, whatever, but the thing that got me, because, I mean, I certainly am a person, when I examine everything going on and look at the issues, I don't think with my feelings, right? I'm not repulsed by Trump because I don't like him. I'm repulsed by Trump because of the way he acts, which is fair, but, and it kind of sounds redundant, right? It's kind of like you just contradicted yourself, but it's me not liking the way he carries himself for the sake of the way he carries himself. It's not because he offends me or he, um, oh man, I almost crossed that hole. Um, it's not anything like that, right? It's, it's not <coughs> me Oh, I don't like how he talks to people. That's wrong. It's not anything like that. It's the way he handles things, the way he his policies on issues. And the same goes for the other guy, too. I don't care if Joe Biden slips up in his words all the time. I mean, it's a problem the way he was doing it before the debate. But on the stage, and I mean, I don't know if they gave him like a college kid's dose of Adderall or gave him a little schneef in the bathroom before, but... He did a pretty good job with not slipping up the entire time. But you can conduct yourself in a professional fashion. Not even presidential fashion. Just professional. Like, don't make a mockery of, you know, a tradition where you to showcase policy to determine or convince the American public who is the right choice. And the entire event itself was kind of not necessary anyways because I they didn't change anybody's minds, right? I mean, who went in there thinking, oh, I don't know what each 
candidate represents, and I don't know who I'm going to potentially vote for already. It's like, how could you not know? I mean, it's been in our faces since March. How could you not know? And, I mean, an intelligent voter wanted to see the issues, right? They knew what they were going to get, nevertheless. It, they expected this, and it was worse than we expected, but it's like, that's what you want to see. You want to see what each side represents. I was disappointed in that. And then just the blatant lying to each other, right? Just neither guy was truthful whatsoever. Um, I mean, the president probably did not talk to the CEOs of Pfizer and Regeneron and Moderna and Johnson & Johnson. Yeah, you can rattle off the names of those companies and... They said that they're going to have a vaccine closer to the new year, not in a couple of weeks. Nobody's buying that. And it's the same thing with your economy in 2008, Joe Biden. Yes, you were put in a very unique situation having to deal with the financial crisis of 2007-2008. It was unprecedented at the time. But Joe... You did not lead the best recovery ever. In fact, that was the one point where Donald Trump was actually right. That economy limped along. Yes, it grew, but it grew at like a percent or two every year. And you saw the growth that um, Trump implemented in his first year in office with his tax cuts. I mean, was 21% for a corporate tax rate necessarily the right number? No. But 38% certainly wasn't. That economy limped along under the Obama administration. And you can spin it how you want, but however you spin it, it's not true. That economy struggled to grow. And you can say, oh, it grew every year. But yeah, if it grows every year, when it was so hurt that it had nowhere to go but up, it's like, of course it's going to grow. I mean, you could have Mickey Mouse run the country and it would grow. I mean, all you have to do is do something. It can't get any worse. And then, I mean, another thing too, Biden's on the record saying that he wants to implement tax raises. Um, doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that raising taxes post-recession is probably the worst thing you can do fiscally. That's never a recipe for success. But, I mean, what do I know, right? I don't know. It just, it, it was insulting to be lied to. And that's kind of what, you know, politics has become nowadays. It's just who can lie better, who lies, you know, more successfully, who says the more outlandish thing. It's not about the candidate themselves anymore it, that's it's not about you know propping yourself up and showing your plan or your skills it's all about deflecting to the others other party what is so bad about this candidate why is this candidate bad and i mean it's both sides too it's not one side or the other it was just disappointing to see and then it's it's just insults insults back and forth oh Joe, you would have had 2 million people die with COVID. It's like, you don't know that. And I think that was the one issue that 
everyone wanted to see answers on with, uh, oh, yeah, really, Mr. Trump, you're not clearly not taking the virus seriously. You just got the virus. And I'm not going to go into, oh, he should have left the hospital if I were his if he were my patient, he wouldn't have left the hospital. This shows how flawed the United States healthcare system is. It was flawed before COVID. It was flawed way before COVID. And it's going to be flawed after COVID. Because, I mean, people who are liberal, I'm sorry. I know you want universal health care. But it's never going to happen in this country because it's not affordable. Oh, but we spend so much money on wars overseas. Yeah, we do. Our defense budget is massive. And could it be trimmed in some areas? Yeah, of course it can. But, you know, you taking a trillion dollars off the top of our defense budget is not going to get health care implemented. That would cost trillions and trillions of dollars. It would bankrupt this country more so than it already is. We issue all kinds of bonds to just keep it afloat. Keep it running. How are you going to throw in something that would raise it by 25 or 50 percent i mean would it be good yeah if it was feasible i'd be all for it but that's just how i think i think in a practical way how can you make the bottom line work as well as what you're trying to accomplish is it worth you know hurting people fiscally to It would be worth hurting, and I shouldn't even say hurting, because if it's worth it, if everyone could contribute to a system to where everyone got the payout of health care, yeah, it'd be all for it if it was feasible and you didn't have to tax somebody 60%. And that's the thing, too, that I don't like about the left. They all say, oh, the rich, don't, they don't pay their fair share. They don't pay their fair share. Raise taxes. Well, look at the tax code. There's so... Th the rich aren't going to pay taxes anyways because their net worth isn't cash on their income. It's all investment income. It's all passive income through real estate owning and property management and, you know, stock options and all kinds of things like that. They don't pay taxes because the code that it's written, that's Congress, by the way, not the president, that's all funneled through, you know, that's all subject to our tax laws and the IRS implements that. And there's loopholes that anybody can get out of to beat the system. And if you simplify that, you might see that pay dividends down the road. No pun intended there. But uh, that's enough of that rant. So, I mean, like I said, it's just it was disappointing to see. And, I mean, there's talks of the two or three more that are scheduled but honestly I think they could save face and not even bother doing it because it's like it, it's not going to do any good it's just going to be more of a shit show both sides right but um I don't know if you should know who you're voting for by now if you don't props to you because you've survived under a rock for a very long time and Donald Trump Mr. Trump I hope you find a way to listen to Jake's World probably the world's smallest podcast but if you find a way to hear this please 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 stop saying dumb things during the market trading hours Dow Jones <laughs> fell 500 points instantly after he said that stimulus talks were going to halt until after the election dude figure it out the economy needs stimulus the people want a stimulus 
You just need to find the number and delegate the money to where it needs to go. You got to figure it out, Donnie. If you don't, it's not on you to figure it out because, you I mean, the budget has to be passed. But don't give us bad news when we don't want bad news, especially at 2.30 in the afternoon. Please, thank you. Okay, that's it now. Thanks for listening to Jake's World. This is episode 37 of Jake's World. I, like I said at the top of the show, presented by Nuance Magazine. Please, please, please check them out. They're working really hard trying to put out cool shit. I've got their paper magazine. It's awesome. Been cruising through that. Check them out. Like I said, it is well worth your time. They've got a clothing line too. Some of it's a little not my style, but that's okay. Once I get some bands saved up, I will definitely be shopping around there. So you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Jake Sawinski8. That's at J A K E S A W I N S K I 8. And that concludes today's show. Have a good week, guys. Peace. Sports car.